welcome to Two Pills Podcast. We are so glad you're here. Our focus is on innovative teaching and learning in the health sciences. If you have an idea for a Two Pills tip or someone who we should interview, send us an email at twopillspodcast at gmail.com. That's T-W-O pillspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Two Pills Podcast or on our website. As always, I am not claiming to be an expert on any of these items, and all of this information can freely be found available online. If you are interested in finding resources, please check out our website, twopillspodcast.com. Well, congratulations, everyone. You have likely finished up the semester. You have graduated your most recent class. And while there are many things that we want to leave behind in the pandemic and revert back to the before times, I wanted to just take a minute to talk today about things that we might continue doing. What were some of the positives of the pandemic? For a little bit of data, there was a study done in spring of this year that found that about half of faculty, 51%, are more positive about online teaching today than they were before the pandemic. And most faculty, 71%, said that their teaching in fall 2020 was, quote, very different, mine included, or included a, quote, number of changes. And almost half, about 47%, expect those changes to remain post-pandemic. So I just wanted to share a few of things that I thought about, but we're certainly interested in what you think as well. I think the biggest thing is the creativity of faculty. In once things turned to online, you know, initially we did kind of emergency online teaching and then things got a little bit easier or a little bit more um, able to prepare for. But overall, we really had to increase our creativity. We had to be creative in how we engage students, but then also how we assess students. So how do you take an exam that is predominantly math-based, that has always been on paper, and turn it into an online format? Um, Or how do you go beyond um, your uh, multiple choice questions and do more fill-in-the-blank or short essay? And then more challenging things, like how do we do OSCEs, for example, online? And so all of those things were things that we had to navigate. And hopefully we've all been set up with many more tools than we had for our teaching than pre-pandemic. Specifically, we really had to learn more about active learning strategies online. Whether you took a course or you were mentored by your teaching and learning center Even if you were doing some things online, like polling or um, things like that, you really had to become creative in what you were doing so that students didn't see the same one or two active learning strategies for online every single class. We also had to learn about how to be effective with online courses, whether those were synchronous or asynchronous. I've learned a lot about the power of clear instructions, the power of having things lined up exactly how you want students to navigate through them. And I think one of the most powerful ways that I learned that was becoming a student in an asynchronous online course myself. And so when you don't, when the instructors intentionally did not give us instructions because they wanted us to see what it was like to be in an online asynchronous course. And so when you're trying to figure out which module and where to start and when is this due, it really gave, it was really impactful in what our students are experiencing and how 
wonderful things can be such as intro videos where we're going over exactly how they should navigate the course, numbering things, even things like now, one of the things I'm going to continue doing forward is within our modules, instead of just having the topic, like endocarditis, for example, is something I teach, having the date. So endocarditis, March 25th uh, next to it. And something as simple as that, whereas I know when I teach endocarditis, but when you're a student juggling multiple courses that are all online, it's so nice to just have a, an anchoring point of that date uh, so you know exactly what your material you're supposed to be taking in and preparing for in class. I think another thing we've all had to do is really embrace essentialism in our teaching. So whereas before we may have been able to have things that were not as concrete essential to students knowing for things like rotations or beyond, when we have to convert everything to virtual in order to keep up engagement and to help students so that they're not trying to do a ton of preparation outside of class for all of their different online only classes, I think we've really hit on the importance of what's the most important things students need to know about this and how can we most effectively teach that? We've also seen changes in interview formats. So whether that's for students coming into school, whether that's for trainees like residents, whether that is for uh, faculty interviews or staff interviews, the ability, for example, for students pursuing residency that they didn't have to fly out. I know when I was a resident um, or when I was applying for residencies, I flew all over the country for interviews. And so while there's certainly pros and cons to both, the fact that students didn't have to spend all the money and um, the resources and take away from rotation time to do those interviews was uh, pretty neat. Another thing specifically that I sought out was connection. I'm a connector. And uh, so one of the things was um, how to make my journal clubs, of my, my student journal clubs, more of an impact. And so while the pharmacy and things like that were very uh, on a very much a skeleton crew and may not have been able to attend, I reached out to another faculty member and we created virtual journal clubs that our students each attended each other's. So we still had that audience, we still had that engagement, but it was in a virtual, reliable setting every single month. And that way, again, the students still had the experience of presenting to an audience and we had a very interested and engaged audience because we had planned this in advance and set aside rotation time. So that was something that we're planning to keep even after the pandemic, uh, just to keep up that connection because it was such a great mutual agreement between us. At graduation, students were talking a lot about their roles in the pandemic. So a lot of them were involved with vaccines, of course. And so they were right with us learning about the vaccines, how to prepare, administer, and document vaccines. If they were inpatient, like my practice, then they were also taking care of quite a lot of very sick COVID-19 patients and seeing how we were flexible as new evidence came in. You know, one week we were using this, the next week we weren't. And how quickly criteria was developed around certain medications for COVID and things like that. I think also students, in addition to developing some new problem-solving skills, I also saw a sense of connection among them and empathy for their fellow classmates. 
we all as faculty probably had some very difficult times during the pandemic and our students did as well. And I feel like their classmates really stepped up in helping them, being there for each other, even if it was, even if it was virtually. Uh, so that was really, really nice to see. One of my favorite things was connecting more with students and faculty more holistically. With things like video conferencing, we are literally seeing into each other's lives. And so whether there's kids in the background, noise in the background from roommates, for example, when we had a virtual orientation, each of our advisees introduced their dogs, for example. And I know a lot of people are doing things like that. And so and when we had virtual rotations and the daycare was closed, sometimes students saw my toddler, you know, and it just kind of, I think, took down some of that big wall between personal and professional. And while, of course, we want to keep things professional, I think it really did give us a glimpse into everything going on in a person's life. And so that really helped to get to know us more as people in addition to as professionals. And then finally, I think there were a lot of really great open discussions about mental health, resources for mental health, and well-being. We probably known that our students, especially in the health sciences, who tend to be perfectionists and type A and have a big workload, were probably stressed in prior years. But adding on the stressors of the pandemic, whether those were emotional, personal, financial, professional, all of those different types really probably took more of a toll. And so I think opening that door to that discussion and making it much more open and having in, intentionally incorporating things like wellness into our curriculum and talking about how we incorporate our own wellness into our own lives, I just think really opens that discussion up nicely. And hopefully that's something that we can continue as well. So those were some of the things that I had thought about. What were your positives of teaching during the pandemic? If you want to share with us, let us know on Twitter at Two Pills Podcast or send us an email at Two Pills Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you have a wonderful start to your summer. Bye.